We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Bryn Aiken. And on tonight's episode, I will be reviewing the first season of the, the boys' spinoff, Gen V. Uh, and obviously, as with pretty much everything I review, I will be going into spoilers regarding season one. So if you haven't seen the show yet and you'd like to, stop the episode and go watch it. But if you don't care about spoilers and you want to watch the show anyway, uh, then, you know, feel free to keep listening. So, yes, uh, I have been very much looking forward to this show ever since they announced it back in, I guess it was like early 2022. Yeah, it was like it was like around the time that the animated spinoff anthology series uh, Diabolical came out. They announced, or maybe it was even before that, but it was sometime early 2022, late 2021. They announced that they were making a live-action spinoff that was going to be focusing on a college for superheroes. Um, And I thought, okay, that sounds like it'll be pretty interesting. And, you know, uh, then, you know, Diabolical was pretty good. I reviewed that back in season three of the podcast. And last time I talked about The Boys, if any of you have been listening for that long, uh, or for this long, I reviewed it back in season four of the podcast, uh, which was in like July of 2022. So yeah, it's been over a year, uh, since I last talked about the show or since I last did a review on the show. But, uh, but yeah, so the trailer, the first, well, the first teaser trailer for Gen V came out back in the, uh, the beginning of December of last year. And it was only like a minute, but I remember watching it and I was like, Ooh, okay. This does look and feel like the boys, and, you know, it just gave me even more confidence that this was going to uh, be an, uh, a good addition to this universe. And it was, uh, you know, but then they had the another trailer come out during Comic-Con and then they had one more trailer come out in like August. And, you know, the more and more trailers, uh, more and more footage I kept seeing of the show, the more confident I was in the fact that the more confident I was uh you know, and in uh, thinking that this show was going to turn out really good, and I had I had confidence it was going to turn out good because, you know, the same people who are writing and working on the boys are uh, worked on Gen V. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's really great. Uh, season one was great, and I can't wait to, uh, you know, I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, so. If you haven't seen The Boys, uh, The Boys is pretty much Amazon's, like, biggest show right now. Or, if not its biggest, definitely one of its biggest. Uh, but it's essentially a superhero show. Uh, but it's a superhero show with realistic, real-world real uh, expectations. Like, what if the superheroes, you know, because we all like to think, you know, from, like, what we've seen from the Marvel movies and stuff, that superheroes are always good and altruistic and, and, you know, noble and, and heroic, you know, but like, what if we lived in the real world, you know, like what if superheroes lived in our world and, you know, they were real people, they wouldn't always be good people, you know, they would have their moments of anger and rage. And some, some people who were superheroes probably wouldn't be good people at all. Like they would, they, we, we would probably most likely have piece of shit superheroes who claim to be good when in actuality they're just, if not evil, at least just douchebags, you know, they're just pieces of shit. And, uh, and that's what the boys is about. You know, it's about this team of, uh, well, one of them's a soup, a soup. That's what they call the superheroes, just soups for short, but they have one soup. Well, actually at the end of season three, they got starlight Annie. So technically they have two soups and the others are human, but it's a team of, uh, of humans and two soups who are, uh, fighting the, uh, seven who are the biggest superhero team on the planet. And they're owned, uh, by Vought. Like Vought is the corporation that kind of, uh, not owns them, but like they, they manage their, uh, public relations accounts, like their, you know, their PR teams and, uh, you know, they kind of, endorse them like they give they get uh they handle their endorsements for like certain products and stuff and uh 
and yeah, that's, that's, uh, they work for Vought in a way and they work with them, you know, and, uh, Vought is also the one that pumped them with this chemical called compound V. Cause we find out in season two that all of the, uh, soups, uh, were injected at birth by a serum called compound V that gave them all their superpowers. And, and it's just random, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, gen- genetics, the, the kid's genetics or the baby's genetics may have something to do with it. But for the most part, it does seem like it's just random powers. Like, it's like, oh, you get whatever you get. The serum works differently for everyone. You know, they get, you know, one person could get uh, invisibility powers. Uh, one person could get the power to fly. One person could get the ability to uh, to shrink down to the size of an atom. You know, you know, it's all just any random powers that, you know, you could ever think of. And some you might not have even thought it could be a power or, you know, it's like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think I've seen that before, you know, but that's, that's what the show has been about up until now. And, and, and stuff has changed throughout the show and, you know, uh, big events have happened and some characters have, you know, been killed off and, uh, it's been great. And, you know, and, and, uh, Gen V was really great too. And, uh, for a spinoff, uh, in my opinion, I think it's as good as the boys or it's, or it's close. If, I mean, I still like the boy, this may sound hypocritical, I still like the boys a little better, just a little bit more than Gen V, but Gen V's like a close second. It's on par with the boys in terms of like the writing, the characters, the humor, uh, the tone, you know, like the tone, it feels very much like this is a story being told in the world of the boys, just not with our main characters that we've been following for the past three seasons. And I like that. And, um, and I love that because usually when you, when a show gets a spinoff, it's about a character from the original show. And it's not, this isn't always the case, but I mean, nine times out of 10, more often than not, uh, a character from a show is popular enough, you know, they may get a spinoff. And when they get the spinoff, it's like, oh, okay, we we're following someone that we have already known and, you know, grown to love from the original show, you know, and sometimes they'll have characters come over from the original show onto the new show, the spinoff, uh, you know, and usually that's after the show ends, you know, like with, uh, Cheers and Frasier, you know, we had Frasier Crane who was introduced in Cheers when Cheers ended Frasier. That's when Frasier began. That's when he got his own show. But then every now and then you'll have a show. Uh, and I talked about Buffy a few weeks ago on the podcast and I'm going to talk about Angel soon, uh, in a, about a month, less than a month. But then you have a, a show like Buffy and Angel where Angel, uh, well, well, actually, okay, yeah. So uh, I, I'm trying to think of the analogy I was making. Essentially, Buffy and Angel, I guess, kind of did the same thing. But instead of waiting until Buffy ended, you know, for Angel to get the spinoff, they made the spinoff at the same time as Buffy. So we were still following characters that were introduced in Buffy, uh, you know, Angel, Cordelia, and Wesley, but, uh, they were for the most part, pretty separate. Like they, they were still in the universe of Buffy, but they were off in LA doing their own things. You know, they were going on their own missions, uh, to fight evil. And, you know, and then you have something like boy, the boys and Gen V where it's set in the same world, but we're following a completely new cast of characters, like new, like the main cast are, new people. We've never met these characters before. And, you know, I, I love all the characters. Like they, everyone brings something to the show and I like them all. Like they're, I mean, you know, some, some are better than others in terms of like their morality, but for the most part, even the ones who, which I'll get into later in the episode or later in the review, but even some of the ones that like their morals are kind of twisted or their viewpoint isn't, you know, their way of thinking isn't quite, you know, like, uh, isn't quite correct. It's like, I still get where you're coming from. You know, I may not agree with everything you're doing, but I get why you're acting the way I get why you're lashing out and kind of going rogue at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, so I just think it's interesting that, um, the spinoff is, uh, set in the same world, but following a new group of characters. And, uh, and, and it's interesting. We get cameos from some of the people, uh, some of the characters in the boys, which I'm like, oh, that's cool. But the cool thing is, is that we don't, they're not, uh, a crutch. Like they're not like, 
oh, see, uh, you, you may be bored with the show now, but hey, look, Soldier Boy showed up, or Ashley's here, or, you know, Homelander. It's like, no, they didn't rely... The, the cameos didn't take away from the show, and it wasn't like the show was relying on them as a crutch. Like, okay, well, people are bored with the show, let's bring in someone from the main show, the main show, the original show. No, it's like they... If anything, the cameos were just a cherry on top of an otherwise great Sunday. Like, like Gen V, the show is a Sunday, and then the cameos from the characters from the boys were just a cherry on top. Um, also, I just realized I have not got gotten into what the show's about yet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it uh, interestingly, this is what I thought was interesting too. Like, uh, like with Buffy and Angel, they they're taking place at the same time, like the events of both shows are going on at the same time, like parallel to each other or concurrently, whatever. Uh, Gen V is also taking place at the same time as what's happening in the boys. Well, I mean, we haven't seen season four yet, but uh, they, they pretty much before the show premiered said that season one of Gen V is set at the same time as the fourth season of the boys. And I'm like, Oh shit, that's really cool. Um, because after having seen the f whole first season, it's made me even more uh, curious as to what's going on in the boys, you know, next season, like what's going on with everyone else while all the students are dealing with what's happening at the school. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, the show, uh, set in the same world as the boys, it's pretty much, uh, f set at this college for superheroes called Godolkin University or God U for short. And it's essentially owned and run by Vought or, you know, overseen by Vought. Like they're kind of the ones who, uh, you know, because they invest so much time, like that's what they do. They manage superheroes in a way, uh, and get endorsements for them and all that. They are pretty much like kind of controlling things at the school or they're, or they, they're keeping a hawk's eye, uh, on the school at all times. And, and they kind of, uh, overrun the school in a way, um, or not overrun it. They, they, they kind of do run it, you know, and, um, you know, essentially, you know, uh, what we think is, oh, you know, they're actually going to school to learn how to be a superhero and, like, maybe learn things that can help them in the real world and help them fight crime and stuff. It's like, they're not really learning shit. It's all a popularity contest, really, because we find out, uh, you know, in the first episode, really, uh, when Marie uh, goes to talk, a uh, new student, she goes to talk to uh, Professor Brink, he kind of lays it out for her. He's like, look, we're not really here to teach you how to be a good superhero. It's really who do, who do, who does the world like more? Who does America like more as a superhero? Uh, and, you know, they, and, and, and on the school website or on the school social media platform, they have like a list of like the top one, top 100 to one, like the top 100 most uh, liked or most popular soups at the school. And essentially, you know, whoever, uh, you know, is at top is like, the most likely to either, you know, be a, a new member of the seven or at least maybe get a contract to, to be uh, a city's a city protector. Like, you know, like, you know, hopefully you get like a good city like New York or, or, uh, um, uh, uh I'm trying to think of another city, <laughs> you know, maybe you get a good city like New York or DC or something or yeah, or, uh, Seattle and not, you know, maybe stuck in Ohio, like Des Moines, <laughs> or Des Moines, Iowa, or, or somewhere in Kansas, you know, hopefully you get like a good city, but like, yeah, if it, you either, you know, everyone's kind of trying to get either to join the seven or get a city contract to be a, the protector of a certain city, you know, and, uh, and just climb the, the social ladder of popularity, you know, um, like we tend to do in, in, uh, real life, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the main character, the main characters, we follow Marie Moreau, who, uh, you know, has her big break. She's finally, uh, she's finally been given this opportunity to go to this, uh, this school, uh, this college for soups. And she has the ability to, uh, manipulate the blood in her body. She, uh, well, she has to cut herself, but she can like move the blood with her mind. It's, uh, I believe they called it hemokinesis. Yeah. Hemokinesis. So, which is, yeah, the ability to physically manipulate blood. And she can not only, she can, not only manipulate her blood, but she can also manipulate the blood in other people's bodies and also kind of feel what they're about. Not really feel their emotions, but kind of feel who they are in a way by 
sensing their blood, like, you know, and like they, she can feel their pulses and like, she can stop people from dying. Like she can like, like there's a scene, like there's a, a scene where a, a girl's uh, bleeding out. Uh, they're, they're at a, uh, a club in the first episode. There's a scene where a girl gets cut on her throat and she stops her from dying by forcing the blood back into her body, stopping her from bleeding out through her neck. And it's like, Oh, okay. So like, she's really powerful, you know? And, um, but her, uh, her friends, she, uh, her roommate is, uh, Emma, uh, Emma, what was her last name? Emma Meyer. And she basically has the ability to shrink or grow. But the catch is because most of the powers have some kind of catch <laughs> to them, or, or if not most, at least a good bit of them. Her catch, the catch with her power is she has to throw up in order to shrink because I, I guess the food can't really shrink with her. So she has to purge uh, to get small. And she also has to eat to get big. We f find that out in episode four. Uh, we also find out in the finale, the season finale, that she can cry. Uh, that, like, I guess it's also kind of tied to her emotions cause, because when she cries, there's a moment when she cries in the season finale and she shrinks. So it's like, okay, I guess that's another way to, and that's honestly having to cry. I mean, you know, forcing yourself to cry is not really health, that healthy, but it's healthier and better for you than forcing yourself to throw up <laughs> than purging, you know? Uh, I mean, if you think about it, 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 it probably is better for you, not mentally, not just mentally, but physically too, you know? But, uh, but, you know, they hit it off pretty well, her and her roommate, uh, Marie and Emma, and then the upperclassmen, um, you know, she befriends them, uh, pretty quickly, uh, Andre Anderson, who his power is, uh, he basically can manipulate, uh, magnets like you know and metal around him uh kind of like magneto in a way and uh then we have kate dunlap who uh she has telepathic abilities and basically she can mind control people like she can touch someone and just get that like like kind of like a jedi mind power yeah or jedi mind tricks you know but you know she has to touch the person and give them a command like she'll like in one episode she tells a uh, a guy to basically kick himself in the dick with a metal baseball bat and he's like, okay, like, and the, and everyone's just so compliant with it because she kind of, you know, and well, not if not in control of their minds, at least in control of that specific moment, you know, uh, of of you know telling them what to do, and and then later it's funny with a good callback. We see the same guy in the background of one shot, uh, kicking himself in the <laughs> or hitting himself in the dick with the baseball bat, and it, it's funny. Uh, and then we have uh, Jordan Lee, who interestingly enough can switch genders. Uh, Jordan was born a boy, but she can switch between a boy, her a male and female form between a guy and a girl. And so she, or, or they are played by two actors. London Thor uh, is the female actress and Derek uh, Liu, I believe, L-U-H. I, I hope I'm not butchering that. But uh, he uh, plays the male form of Jordan and London Thor plays the female form. And, uh, and it's really cool to see, cause I feel like they both get a decent amount of screen time playing the character. Like, I don't, I feel, I don't feel like one gets more time than the other, more screen time. I feel like they both get a good amount of time to play the character and they both, uh, and they both look like each other a lot, you know, and, and they both do a really good job playing the character. Like they both know the character pretty well. Um, and then we have, uh, um, well that, that's at first that's, that's the character's. And then we have, uh, well, and, and we also have, um, Patrick Schwarzenegger who plays, uh, Luke, who's Andre's, be uh, Luke R Riordan, Riordan, I believe is his last name, who he's, uh, Andre's best friend, uh, or he's best friends with Andre and he's, uh, Kate's boyfriend. And he basically can, has pyrokinesis. He can set himself on fire and he has superhuman strength. He's pretty much, uh, God, you, uh, he's pretty much that col the college's, uh, homelander. And, you know, even Professor Brink's like, oh, yeah, he could be the next Homelander. He's going all the way. Um, but something and, and then the dean, of course, is uh, Indira Shetty. And she's also a beh behavioral therapist. Uh, but something happens in the first episode that causes everyone to basically things flip the script or the, the script is flipped uh, when Luke seems to have like this mental breakdown. He, he storms into professor Brink's office, uh, played by Clancy Brown, who does a great job with 
the small amount of screen time he had because he's only in the first episode and then he has like a one or two scenes later in the uh season as as a flashback um i think there may also be like a video recording of him that they play at like his like not his wake but they have like a fundraiser for him in like the second or third episode uh and i think he has some yeah he has a scene there or two but for the most part yeah like he dies in the first episode luke kills him sets him on fire burns him to ash and uh you know jordan and marie they have a whole fight with him uh you know and he's trying to he realizes what the school's been doing but he's kind of being vague about it so you're like what's going on you know and he whispers something to andre he tells him hey man i love you you're my best friend and he whispers something to him we don't quite hear what it is and then he flies up into the sky you know he's hovering above one of the buildings and he sets himself on fire and he blows up and so you're immediately thinking okay what is that you know what's going on like there's they set up this really good mystery as to why luke what happened that made luke kill uh, one of the professors one of the top professors at the school and what drove him to kill himself and then we find out and we kind of get a hint of it uh, earlier in the episode because we see uh, one of the other main characters, uh, Sam, who who actually is the last uh, main character, like to round out the the main cast. Uh, Sam Riordan, or Re- I, I feel like I'm still butchering that name, but we find uh, we don't find out until the next episode. But uh, we see him like in sweats, like a, a sweatshirt, sweatpants, running at night, and Marie and. Andre stop them because they think they're actually helping the the soldiers who are like, you know, the bodyguards who are like trying to stop them. They, they think they're doing a good thing. But actually what they're doing is preventing Sam from escaping because we find out Sam is Luke's brother and that he's been uh, held captive under uh, a, uh, a prison, basically, under the school called The Woods. And at first when he says, I'm not going back to The Woods, he screams out at the guards and, you know, tries to and he basically has superhuman strength and durability so he's he's pretty strong too but uh you know when we when we see him at first we think oh yeah marie and andre are stopping a rogue soup from you know creating havoc but what actually what they're actually doing is helping (laughs) helping the uh the guards you know uh round up uh a getaway soup you know round up a soup that that uh escaped and uh you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's like, okay, so what are the woods? You know, like when we've, you know, what are the woods? Why did Luke kill himself? Why did he kill Brink? And we find out that, yeah, the woods is pretty much a prison, uh, that's underneath the school that's underneath the college. And they basically, and Indira is part of it. Her and this other doctor, that's kind of like her right-hand man, Dr. Cardoza are basically, uh, kidnapping some of the students that like are either kind of out of line and so and some of them aren't even out of line they just kidnapped them because they needed uh they needed test subjects but they basically have you know a a lot of soups down a lot of teenage soups underneath the school and they're have them all in these uh prison cells you know like they they're in and and the reason why they're called the woods is because the walls are decorated with like paintings of woods and like there are like sometimes there's like squirrels and birds in the background or like on a limb on one of the trees and the and it looks really cool and it looks it, but it does kind of look creepy at the same time too but uh you know they're in these like metal cells or, or they're in the uh, like these like very you know like fort knox type cells where they're like locked down to the you know securities you know uh airtight there for the most part you know and that you know they've got armored guards and you know they're basically just torturing and you know like they're basically seeing what makes soups tick like you know how do they operate what you know what can we can we uh get them to work for us you know can we just uh can we test out this new serum on them see what it does to them you know horrific shit like that you know just (laughs) biological warfare you know just like kidnapping and torturing innocent soups i mean you know and uh and so the gain you know over the the show i mean you know pretty pretty soon after they all uh, get together and realize okay something screwed up something seriously messed up is going on at the school and we think the dean might be a part of it which she is like i mean i just said you know <laughs> and well uh, we have to stop her 
uh, from, you know, basically just d destroying these soups' lives, you know, just get them out of captivity and, you know, stop whatever they're planning on doing. And, uh, and it's very interesting to see the plot unfold. And I think the pacing, just like the boys, just like with the first three seasons of the boys, I think that the pacing for this season is, is, uh, is great. Uh, I really do love how, uh, every episode does end on a cliffhanger or if not a cliffhanger, at least it leaves you with a question. It leaves you it leaves you needing to watch the next episode. It leaves you with a desire to keep going, you know? And, uh, and I binged the show cause the show premiered on the 29th of September and I was going to watch it weekly, but I was also <laughs> watching Buffy at the time. And then I started watching Angel and I kind of got preoccupied with those shows. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch it and I'm definitely going to review it. Uh, but I'll wait the, 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 as the weeks went by, the more I thought, you know what, I'm just going to wait and binge the show in like a week, you know, or over the course of a few days when it finishes by the, when we get to the season finale, I'll just watch the whole thing. And that's what I did. I started it Sunday this past Sunday. Yeah. And then I finished it. I watched a couple a day, give or take. I, well, I didn't watch one Wednesday, but I, I finished the last, I watched the last two episodes today. So yeah, I watched the whole season over the like five days. And, uh, and yeah, every episode made me go like, oh shit, that was great. Or, oh man, what happened? You know, like, like every episode ended on a cliffhanger or left me with a question that, you know, almost demanded that I, it needed to be answered. I was like, I, I got to find out what happens next. And, uh, and episode four ended really bizarrely for me where, cause it, it, it almost ends like, like the editor just skipped a scene, like, they, they, like in the editing room, they just skipped it over a scene because like it ends with uh, them all trying to stop Sam from killing Dr. Cardoza. Uh, like Emma, what's Emma Marie Jordan? I think Andre's there too. And Kate. Yeah. So they're all there and uh, they're all trying to stop Sam from killing. Well, the doctor that was pretty much torturing him <laughs> for the last three years or so, you know, for, for how long he's been in the, uh, the woods. And uh, Emma, we find out in that episode that Emma can also grow big, you know, but she has to eat a lot of food in order to grow big. And, uh, she has him pinned on the ground and they're all like, no, Sam, please, you don't have to do this. And then like, I forgot who said it, but like they were talking like mid sentence and it cuts to black, you know, they have him pinned on the ground. They're like, you don't have to do this. And it cuts to black mid sentence. And then we cut to <laughs> Marie and Jordan in bed with each other. And Marie wakes up and she's looking around like, the hell just happened? Weren't we just, where, how did I get here? You know, and they, they, and the, all of them, uh, wake up at a house party, like they're, they're a frat party, you know, and, uh, they're all wondering how, um, how they got there. And they're like, we're, we're losing days at a time. I feel like, cause we were doing something else. And then we just, and they, and it's funny cause at first they don't even remember where they were before they blacked out or before whatever happened to them happened to them. They're just like, we were doing something else and then we're here at this house party. What happened, you know? And, uh, and you know, the twist with that was pretty good too. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's, as with any college show or any show with late teens, early 20-somethings, there is, um, there is kind of backstabbing and manipulation. There's romance. There's, uh, but I mean, it doesn't feel cliched or forced. It feels natural and it's like written really well. Uh, it doesn't feel like, oh yeah, this is just an ass pull. You know, they're, you're doing this because that's what every show focused on teenagers or young adults does, you know, like college, like high school or college shows, you know, but, uh, but it's written well, you know, and it feels natural and it, not, none of it feels forced, which I like. Um, but the romances are really good. I really do love Marie and Jordan cause they, you start off like not really liking each other because, Marie ends up taking the credit, like, uh, and she ends up rising up in the ranks of, uh, of God used popular students. Like she, she slowly, you know, cause at first she's has no social media preference cause she doesn't even have a social media account, but you know, uh, she ends up getting a phone and, you know, she ends up, uh, throughout the days and I guess kind of weeks, but you know, she ends up, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, gaining, um, popularity. She becomes more and more popular and she rises in the ranks of the popular soups. And, you know, her and Jordan are like, 
at at odds because Marie just wants to like she came to the school with the intention of you know basically doing a good job doing hard work and getting ahead and she in a way is kind of getting ahead by doing this so she didn't want to stab Jordan in the back but she kind of does when she takes the credit for uh stopping Luke or Golden Boy is his superhero name. But, you know, and, and because uh, God, you and Vought were trying to figure out how to, you know, because, because in the boys, Vought does this all the time. They're, they try to spin something horrible that happened with the soups, typically, usually uh, more often than not involving something that Homelander did, uh, but not always. But, you know, anytime the soups do something horrific, um, you know, Ashley, who uh, is now the CEO, but she was like a, a PR department but, you know, everyone at Vought, including the PR team, the CEO, have to figure out a way to spin it in their favor to make everyone to appease the situation, appease all the people who are like, oh, yeah, I knew the soups were pieces of shit. You know, they murdered that one guy, you know, and it's like uh, we get a funny we get a cameo from Ashley in episode two where she's trying to figure out how to spin the story to make it seem like, oh, yeah, no, Golden Boy went on a psychotic rampage and was thankfully killed by the guardian of Godolkin, which, you know, they, they claim is Marie, even though Jordan was the one really that, that stopped, you know, that was fighting, uh, Luke. And there's a, there's a funny joke. There's a funny line where, because Ashley has gotten to the point where she's so stressed out from Homelander, uh, you know, being the psychotic asshole that he is <laughs> murderous asshole, you know, and her job, you know, maintaining all these soups that she's pulled her hair out. So she's essentially wearing a wig uh, she's that stressed out and paranoid, but there's a, a line where she's talking with Indira and some of the professors, some of the faculty members at God U, and one of them says, uh, and of course I'm paraphrasing, but one of them says, Hey, why don't we, uh, I mean, Jordan was the one that actually saved the, you know, was involved like fighting Luke. Why don't we say, why don't we give the credit to them? And Ashley's like, oh yeah, bi let's say a bi-gendered Asian, uh, or yeah, let's tell everyone that a bi-gender uh, Asian, uh, student defeated Luke and, and protected the school. That'll go over well with the folks in, 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 uh, Nashville. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Cause it's like, it's doing what the boys did and, and, and did pretty well, which is like, you know, kind of poking fun at the, the politics and social media and the, uh, cultural climate of, of today's world, you know? And so it's like, oh yeah, it's like Ashley. I mean, obviously Jordan should get the credit for stopping Luke, but Luke, you know, they kind of made Luke out to be a psychotic piece of shit when there was more to it than what they're boiling it down to. And to top it off, they gave the credit to Marie instead of Jordan, who actually did the fighting and, and subdued Luke, you know. But, you know, the reason why they're not giving Jordan the credit is because she's Asian and she's also by gender or they're also by, gen you know, they're two genders, you know. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's not going to go over well with the the right wing people, <laughs> you know. Uh uh, so I, I, I love that line and that was a great cameo from Ashley. She shows up again later in the season too. But, um, but yeah, so the, the, it, like I said, it's paced really well. Uh, and you know, each episode is, you know, uh, has great, uh, you know, right. Well, it, just everything about the episodes is great and it leaves you wanting more, whether it's in the form of a question, uh, or whether it leaves you with uh, a question or this big cliffhanger. And, um, and yeah, and, and we find out that all the kids, you know, if, if they don't have, sorry, there's a fly flying around my room. It's pissing me off. It landed on my face. Anyway, sorry, that <laughs> distraction. Um, but yeah, so every episode or, you know, we find out that like the, the group, the, the students, uh, we find out, you know, throughout the episodes that their parents were either they're either dead or they're pieces of shit, you know, uh, like Emma's mom is always, uh, you know, trying to get her a, uh, a reality show deal or some show deal with Vought's streaming service, Vought Plus. Um, you know, Jordan's parents are upset that Jordan likes being a girl sometimes instead of just being a guy. And, uh, I mean, and they're not like, you know, they're not like assholes about it, but they are, you know, they're not like, yelling at her all the time, but her father is always kind of making these backhanded comments, you know, uh, 
you know, not so subtle comments about how, you know, he does kind of wish that Jordan would just be a boy. And, you know, Jordan was born a, a boy at birth, but, you know, Jordan's like, hey, look, I like being a girl sometimes. I like using my power. And really, yeah, it's hypocritical of Jordan's father to even, or either of her parents, it's hypocritical of either of them to, like, be mad and want her to change because, or want them to change back, you know, or and stay a boy because that's the power that she was granted when they injected her with Compound V. They allowed Compound, I mean, and sure, their intentions were probably pure. They probably weren't thinking, oh, we'll make a quick buck off our son. But, you know, they still allowed Vought to inject their child with the serum, superhero serum. And, uh, and you know, the Compound V, uh, the power it granted uh, Jordan was the ability to swap between genders and also kind of like, uh, and also um, she had another, uh, well, yeah, and she can also like fire blasts of energy uh, at, uh, well, when she's in her, uh, when they're in their feminine form, she can fire energy blasts. And when uh, they're in their uh, masculine form, they can, they can uh, have, they have superhuman durability. So, so I like that, like that both genders have a different, uh, both genders of uh, Jordan have a slightly different power, but they also both have the same power. I like that. But yeah, it's like, it's like, you're being a hypocrite, dad. I mean, you know, Jordan's dad's being a hypocrite because like the power they were granted was to swap between genders. That was one of the powers, you know, and it's like, they can do whatever they want. They should be able to, and you made this happen. So you may not have known that was going to be the power, but you still allowed that to happen. And that's what happened. So get over it, you know, <laughs> but, um, stupid fly. You could probably hear it in the speaker. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah. Um, what, what else is there to say? Oh yeah. And the finale is crazy. Cause, uh, you know, there's a lot of plot twists happen or a lot, a lot of twists happen. We find out that Kate was the one that, uh, cause she has the power to kind of, you know, let, uh, tell people what to do you know, mind control. She, uh, also was the one that erased, uh, everyone's minds and, and, uh, into thinking that, you know, into forgetting, you know, that they had ever met Sam. And of course they end up finding out that Kate did that and, uh, she restores their memories. And the reason why she was kind of doing this is because, and she even did it to Luke. She made Luke forget that Sam was even alive and trapped in the woods. She made, uh, him, her own boyfriend think that her uh or his brother was dead uh because they were they had Sam trapped in the woods and they didn't want Luke to constantly worry about him and she didn't want Luke to constantly worry about him because she loved him so she's like okay I'll just make him forget and she was basically you know and at first I'm like oh that was a shitty thing to do but she did feel legitimately sorry like you could tell in her tone it seemed like she did legitimately feel sorry uh for doing what she did and, uh, and so, you know, it's like, man, I, I, you know, and then, and then when we find out that Indira was the one that uh, the Dean w was the one that, fa uh, that basically caused her to do this. Like she forced her kind of to do this, manipulated her, uh, into doing this. It's like, man, I, I feel even worse for Kate because, you know, like she, you know, when she was a kid uh, or not when she was a kid, but like for the past few years, she has kind of been uh, Indira's daughter in a way, like Indira kind of sees her as a daughter, uh, someone to love and care for because, um, you know, uh, her, uh, Emma's own, I mean, not Emma, Kate's own mother pretty much disowned her when, uh, she was little and, uh, accidentally made her brother wander off into the woods. Like she accidentally touched her brother. She's like, man, I wish you'd leave me alone. She was like, she like pushed him or something when they were little and they were like, arguing. She's like, man, I wish you would just leave, like just walk out of here, walk away, you know? And he just literally walked away and they couldn't find him. And we don't know. I mean, he's probably dead, but like, we don't know what happened to him. And that caused her mother to be afraid of her. And, uh, and so, you know, you know, she's, uh, when, when Indira meets her, we see a flashback when Indira meets her, she's basically locked in her room. Her mother's scared of her. And Indira shows up and says, Hey, I think you've got potential. You've got a gift. You've got a talent. Don't waste this. And so, you know, for, I guess, it, I guess it was like three years, but, you know, for a good few years, uh, Indira has kind of been subtly manipulating Kate into, 
uh, I feel, but she, but you know, Kate ends up like touching Indira and like sensing her feelings. And she does feel like that she actually is, um, she, she senses with her powers that Indira actually is being sincere when she says, you know, I, I, I do love you, uh, Kate, you are kind of like a daughter to me. And so she's like, oh yeah, no, she's telling the truth, but still her manipulating her into using her powers to hurt her friends and, you know, mind rape them as Andre puts it (laughs) is, uh, is, is terrible, you know? Um, and then she ends up, you know, we end up finding out that the plane crash that Homelander was a part of in season one, because him and Maeve were, uh, were trying to save this plane that they were sent to save this plane that was crashing. Homelander decided not to do it because, oh, I can't fly everyone out of here quick enough, or I can't stop the plane without killing everyone inside before it hits the ground. Like, look how look at where we are and where the water is. I can't possibly stop fly out of here, stop the plane quick enough uh, before it hits the, the water. Um, and we find out later in season one that that was a piece of shit, or that, that was a, uh, a damn lie, because he, flied, he flew Butcher and... Madeline's baby, and for anyone who hasn't seen the boys, I don't know what I'm talking about, but he flew Butcher and uh, Madeline's baby out of the house in like half a second before Butcher had a chance to blow all of them up. And it's like, so you you flew them out of there in like a half a second's time, so you you could have stopped the plane, you could have flown everyone out of there or stopped the plane quick enough before it hit the water, you just chose not to. And unfortunately... Indira's father, uh, not father, Indira's husband and daughter were on that plane. And so the whole reason why she's like torturing soups and wants to kill them, uh, because, uh, she gets Dr. Cardoza to create a virus that, uh, when injected into the soups, weakens their immune system and kills them. But then she also gets him to up the, the serum or manipulate the serum into making it airborne. So that way she's like, oh yeah, well, if one soup if it gets within any, uh, one soup, uh, can infect another soup and it just like, you know, they don't have to, it doesn't have to go from soup to soup. It can go from, it can spread quicker if it's airborne. And, uh, you know, Kate gets Indira to kill herself, slit her throat. And, um, and then Kate decides to, uh, she ends up, um, going down into the woods with Sam and freeing the tortured soups, you know, all all the soups they have, uh, imprisoned. And, the finale is chaotic. It's like everyone's running around, uh, try, you know, not really, you know, d- confused, wondering what the hell's going on. Cause all, all the other students are just kind of like just living their lives, being super powered teens and young adults going to college, you know, doing their thing. And like, they just see a bunch of soups in like, you know, that look tortured and sickly and wearing sweatpants, just like running around, murdering humans it's like oh shit what's going on so it's just chaos in the last episode everyone's just running around uh trying to figure out you know like panicking and uh you know we have the group trying to figure out how to stop sam and kate uh because the two you know they're both pretty powerful but the two of them together are almost unstoppable if not unstoppable (laughs) and uh you know and then and then we uh uh you know and and so we have uh, you know, everything comes to a front kind of in the finale. Um, and, and a lot does happen in the finale. I, I don't think it felt rushed. Uh, I mean, even though a lot did happen and it was kind of a shorter episode, I feel like they did kind of wrap most everything up in a way and they did leave it open or, you know, they did kind of leave it on a cliffhanger like, Oh shit, what's going to happen next season. But, um, but a lot happens like Sam and Emma kind of split because Sam is upset that I mean, I get where he's coming from, but, and I, I do, I hope that they get back together. Cause I did think Sam and Emma were a cute couple and I just wanted Emma to have a win. Cause she's like my favorite character. Uh, I mean, I like them all again, even Sam and Kate who were kind of pieces of shit, but they had a reason why they were pieces of shit and why they did horrible things. Like why they were killing, <laughs> why they were killing humans. You know, I, I get why they were doing it, but they went about it the wrong way and they went too hard and too far with it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, but Sam and Emma, you know, when uh, Emma, uh, breaks him out in episode three, they slowly get together, you know, over the next couple episodes, you know, they, yeah, they get together. They're a couple. Uh, and then, you know, Sam, Sam kind of breaks things off with Emma. Cause he's like, Oh, you're just, tell- you're always telling me what to do. You're saying, Hey, 
don't go anywhere. Don't kill these humans, even though they deserve it. They tortured us. And, you know, and it's there where, you know, when Sam leaves and tells her off, Emma finds out, oh, when I cry, I can, uh, I can also shrink, you know? And she's like, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Which I thought was, I love that reaction from her. She's like, how the hell did I, you know? Uh, but again, that's better than having to throw up every time you want to shrink, you know? Uh, and she also has this, uh, I forgot to mention too, but she also has a YouTube or kind of a YouTube channel or YouTube show, uh, where she basically like fights, she gets small and like, she gets small and has these like, uh, wrestling matches with her hamster. Uh, she has a little, little wrestling costume. It is adorable. Uh, that's the first time we see her too. When Marie goes to her, her and Emma's dorm, she, uh, Emma's like, Hey, hi. She's like yelling and waving. Like, cause she's in, she's small. So she's like yelling and waving at her and Marie's like, Oh shit, you can, you can shrink. That's cool. But, uh, but yeah, so that happens. Uh, Kate kind of numbs Sam's emotions, you know, like she kind of makes him forget at, you know, about, or not forget, but kind of like numbs his emotions to where he doesn't really feel as bad at, about what he's doing. Cause like, the uh in episode, the last two episodes we do kind of have Sam his subconscious uh is manifesting itself as Luke and you know we have we you know when we cut to Sam you know we see him kind of having to deal with Luke constantly talking in his ear about like come on bro you know this isn't right you know you shouldn't be killing these humans these humans did nothing to you um i know what what the ones in the woods did were wrong but you're now you're just randomly killing every human or you're going about killing all these humans who some of them didn't, did nothing to you. You know, you, you know, this is wrong. And so then he has Kate like kind of numb his emotions to get the voice of Luke out of his head or his own subconscious, you know? Uh, and that was also kind of a nice way to have Luke show up, you know, just have it be Luke subconscious. I mean, Sam's subconscious, you know? And uh, so Sam gets Kate to block it out. And um, Marie and Jordan are still a couple <laughs> at the end of the season. They're still together and they're still adorable. Um, and what else happens? Uh, oh yeah, Ashley and Indira were supposed to have a meeting to pick like, because at the end of season three, basically a bunch of stuff happens, but like three of the members of the seven are no longer members. And then there was another member that's no longer a member too. So basically when all said and done, it was left down to Homelander, A-Train and the Deep. And it's like, damn, the seven's now at three. You're, you guys are going to have to recruit some more soup. So in the finale, we do get a little uh, subplot, kind of uh, a few scenes with uh, another cameo from Ashley, where her and some of the members of the uh, of God You uh, and some some other members of Vought are trying to recruit some more soups from the college to be a part of the seven. And uh, and they, they, you know, slow, they quickly end up seeing the situation outside is, you know, hey, uh, Hayok, Cavus, uh, wait a minute, Havoc and Chaos, what the hell was that? <laughs> I swapped the words around, uh, Havoc and Chaos outside, they see all the murderous rampage, you know, the uh, unfolding outside from the soups going around killing the, you know, faculty that the human faculty and Ashley, it's funny, like she ends up calling Marie, she's like, hey, Marie, uh, can you go kill Kate for us? Because she's, uh, unleashing her powers uh, on the faculty and the humans. This is bad. Can you get rid of her and you'll be a member of the seven, you know, <laughs> like it, it's just funny to see how desperate Ashley becomes in that moment. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, we get that, uh, we get, you know, the, uh, kind of a fight between, uh, you know, Marie and Andre are trying to, uh, you know, and Emma's still kind of like shrunken down. Like, we, well, the last scene we see of her before the end is her going, what the fuck, you know, after Sam kind of breaks things off with her and she's shrunken down to, you know, really tiny size. But, uh, but we have, uh, Marie and Andre and Jordan trying to stop or subdue, if not kill, cause they don't really want to kill Kate and Sam. Uh, cause you know, they still love them. They're still friends in a way, but, um, uh, and, and also Andre sl ends up sleeping with Kate, uh, earlier in the season. But, um, and you know, they have that shared trauma of losing someone that they both loved and, Andre loved her, even though he's still pissed at her that she kind of mind raped him, essentially. Again, Andre's words, you know, but he, they're, they're, the three of them are trying to stop Kate and Sam and Ashley and the uh, faculty of God, you and some of the uh, members of Vought are trying to escape via helicopter. Um, and, 
you know, a bunch of chaos. You know, it, it's it's very chaotic the last 10, 15 minutes, really the whole episode. But uh, Ashley calls in, you know, she's like, okay, we got to get some backup in here. And Homelander shows up. They call Homelander and we get a cameo from him. And I was like, oh, shit, we got Homelander. That's awesome. Uh, and he pretty much lasers Marie. Uh, Marie's like, oh, hey, sir. I And then he stops her. And again, Anthony Starr is so great as Homelander. I just, I love, he he, give, he, he, he just looks at her menacingly and gives a finger, finger wag. Basically his way of telling her to shut the hell up, uh, you know, but politely. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something. I'm talking. Uh, and he's like, what kind of animal are you? What kind of animal would kill their own kind or, or something to that? I, I'm kind of paraphrasing part of that. But uh, he ends up lasering her with his laser eyes or blasting her with his laser eyes. And then... We you know we cut to black, and then we cut to, well we cut to a news report because Vought Vought News you know they have their own uh, kind of Fox News in this world, and Cameron Coleman who's like their XB of Tucker Carlson is giving a report saying that oh yeah well, um he's like oh well the real guardians of Godolkin, uh were Sam and Kate and they were uh, stopping these soups from going on a murder spree, at unfortunately twelve people were dead but Sam and Kate. Uh, did stop these soups from causing any more destruction and mayhem and death. And, you know, these rogue soups, you know, that rogue murderous soups from causing any more murder madness. And, and, you know, and they, and again, they, uh, it's them twisting the story to, to uh, spin it in their favor, you know, to make, to make them seem like, you know, they're vilifying the real heroes of the situation and, you know, uh, raising up or, you know, putting on a pedestal, the, I mean, not the worst people, but clearly the two people that were in the wrong, the quote unquote villains, you know, Sam and Kate. And, uh, <laughs> and we see Homelander, we cut back, you know, we're in Vought Tower, uh, Vought Tower and we see Homelander watching Cameron's news report of the, of what went down at the college. And he's just, we see him looking at it and he just slowly smiles. Uh, and I love that. I love, that was a great cameo. We get a cameo from Soldier Boy too, uh, when they got, when they're all trapped in Kate's mind. And he and Jensen Ackles is great as him, but I love that he's like an even more exaggerated uh, version of the masculine douchebag dude bro that Soldier Boy already was in season three. <laughs> like he's an even more over the top exaggerated dude bro than he was then, and uh, it's great. But yeah, Ashley, and we get the director from the Dawn, from the Dawn of the Seven, the Justice League type movie in their world, which is you know pretty much the Seven are like. Uh, or Dawn of the Seven was supposed to be like their Justice League. And uh, we get a callback to when him and Ashley uh, had sex at the premiere <laughs> in the last episode, which was great. But he's he's part of the the people that are trying to, to get back uh, to, to leave the campus. But yeah, so Homelander watches that news report and Marie wakes up and her, Andre, Jordan, and Emma are all locked in this room. They're all wearing these uh, hospital gowns. Uh, and uh, they're just in their socks and hospital gowns, and they're all on these uh, platform, or they're all on these, like, uh, gurneys, like metal beds, gurneys, and Marie's like, where are we? And she's looking around, and they're all awake, and I love Emma, because she's kind of like the, I mean, she 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 kind of is like the, not sarcastic one, but she kind of does, like, have a lot of quips and jokes. Uh, I, I love uh, how goofy she can be sometimes, but, like, she everyone's kind of, like, sitting up right, and kind of, like, looking around where they're at. But the other three have already woken up at this point. Marie's really the only one eyeballing the room, like, where are we? But Emma's, like, laying on her stomach, her feet crossed, and she's, like, drinking a smoothie. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, what? hey, Marie, uh, uh, wake up, sleepyhead, you know, like, <laughs> nice of you to join us, you know. Um, but, yeah, so, it, and she's like, there are no doors here. And so it's like, oh, where are they? Are they in Vought Tower? Are they in the same place where they locked up soldier boy, uh, last season? Like, are they in the same facility? Cause we, we don't quite know where that place is, but we do know that at the end of season three, you know, uh, soldier boy ended up getting incapacitated and they locked him back up, uh, in another, uh, high security prison or underground torture chamber, <laughs> you know, like kind of like the woods in a way. Um, and it's like, Oh, are they in the same facility maybe? And like, how did they get them in there if there are no doors? You know, did they drop them in through the ceiling or something? Um, but yeah, so it's crazy. It's like, uh, you know, and then, 
it just, yeah, everything comes to a head and we end on that cliffhanger. And then we get uh, another cameo because, you know, like I said, we we had gotten cameo from Ashley. Uh, the, I forgot the, the guy's name who directed Dawn of the Seven, but in the in the show, yeah, he directed Dawn of the Seven. Um, and oh, we got a cameo from A Train, yeah, uh, in the f- actually in the first scene of the show. It's a flashback uh, from when Marie's a kid, and her parents are like, "Hey, look, we got the first black guy in the Seven. We we made history, you know," and and. Uh, Vought's doing a press release and, you know, there's a news report and A-Train's like, oh yeah, I'm just so happy to be a part of the Seven. You know, he's like talking up how great it is to be in the Seven. Um, yeah, we got a cameo from him, Soldier Boy, even if it wasn't the real Soldier Boy. Ashley, Dawn of the Seven guy, or Dawn of the Seven director. Uh, actually, I think we do, we, we got a cameo from The Deep. Uh, oh, we got Victoria Newman, uh, Claudia Dumit, who plays Victoria Newman, the vice president um, and she was running for president at, in season three. Uh, she is, um, she, she presents herself as human, but she has the ability to blow up heads. And we found out that she also has the same ability as, uh, Marie where she can, she's a hemokinetic kinetic. She can physically manipulate blood too. And it's like, Oh shit. Like that was a good twist. Um, but we got cameos from all them Homelander. And then we, uh, the credits are rolling, you know, like the, the, Marie, Jordan, Emma, and Andre are, like, locked up in this facility, this white room, you know, in these hospital gowns. They have no idea where they're at, no doors anywhere. And then we get a cameo from, uh, we get a cameo from, or we we cut to the credits. Everything's, like, fine. And then, uh, or not everything's fine, but, like, everything's, like, ends on this big cliffhanger. And then we cut to, uh, like, a mid-credits scene in a way. It's not post-credits. It's, like, in the middle of the credits. We cut to a mid-credit scene, and we're back down in the woods, like we're in the underground, you know, prison underneath uh, the college, and we get someone walking around with a flashlight. And at first, we don't know who it is, but then we he goes in and uh, one of the rooms, and he's and we see, uh, you know, with the flashlight kind of moves, we see from the light's reflection, or we see we see uh, from the light that it's Butcher. And because I, I, you know, when he's walking through the hallway, you can kind of see his spiky hair. And at first I thought, is that Butcher? And I, and then he says, what a bunch of fucking cunts, you know, and in the, his Australian, New Zealand accent. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Butcher, you know. And uh, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I'm curious as to what Butcher was doing there. I'm curious as to, yeah, like how this is going to affect season two of Gen V, like what's going to happen going forward. Because, um because uh like i said this was what's happening in season 1 of gen v was uh going on at the same time as um uh season 4 of the boys and since season 4 hasn't premiered yet i'm curious to see you know what homelander was doing in season 4 of the boys before he you know actually called him in to take care of the situation at the college you know like what was he doing at that time you know uh what why is butcher down in the woods you know did he it are you know, uh, and, 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 and will they ever join forces? Like, I mean, obviously I don't want them all to like be a part of the boys, like all the students, but it would be really cool if, uh, every now and then they, uh, were called upon by the boys or like they, they ended up helping the boys in taking down the soups because now, you know, the group, you know, Marie, uh, Andre Jordan and, and, uh, Emma, they all know, the corrupt nature of Vought. Like, they all know what's going on, pretty much. I mean, they don't know everything, but they do know that Homelander is a villainous asshole. <laughs> you know, they do know he's a psychotic son of a bitch. Because uh, they, they firsthand, you know, met him in a way. They they saw just how evil he was up close in a way. Uh, and, you know, they obviously heard the news report of him killing that, uh, that Homelander protester, you know, uh, at the end of season three. And, um, you know, it's like, will they join forces at some point, like, to help each other out every now and then, you know, like, uh, and not, the whole, we don't have to have the whole group, uh, help the boys, but, you know, we could have Emma pop up, like, if they needed someone to get small and, like, infiltrate Vought, you know, the uh, butcher and the gang, or the boys, you know, they could, uh, you, you know, she could be of services, you know, uh, cause obviously, you know, I like the, the group in Gen V, and, you know, it's their show, I mean, they, they, uh, have enough, you know, they have enough, uh, character and enough depth 
to maintain their own show like to and they're interesting enough to uh i'm trying to think of the word they're interesting enough to hold their own like in in a show like i'm interested in what they're doing and i'm interested in what they're doing what the boys are doing whatever all the characters in the boys are doing in the boys but it would be cool since they've had the cameos from the boys or from characters in the boys in gen v it'd be cool if in season four we had cameos from the characters we were introduced to in Gen V show up in the boys, you know, uh, and maybe we will, you know, I feel like we'll, we'll start to see more of the characters crossing over. Uh, and again, not just for a cheap cameo, like, Hey, I'm here guys. Remember me from, remember Marie, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back. Remember Andre or, or, you know, in Gen V it won't be like, Oh, Hey, uh, Maeve's here. Hey guys, what's up? You know, it won't just be a cheap, like, quick cameo to be like oh hey i'm here and then they'll leave like they'll contribute something to the plot of that episode you know uh or the story and um that, that'd be really cool to see but uh uh i guess that's it of course there's a lot i didn't even talk about uh i mean i did kind of spoil like or i did go into spoilers like i said i would uh about like stuff that happened in the beginning and the end and i kind of briefly talked about stuff that happened in the middle too that i i again i went into spoilers about um but you know, I uh, there there's a lot that I didn't go over too, and uh, you know, see for yourself if you like it. I think you will. Uh, but I really did love it. I think it was a worthy successor to the boys, uh, a worthy spinoff, and um, I thought the acting from everyone was great. Uh, Jazz Sinclair as Marie was great. Chance Perdomo as Andre was great. Lizzie Broadway, Emma, aka my favorite, uh, not only because she is really gorgeous really hot <laughs> but she also is a great character like she is very sweet and compassionate and dorky in a way and funny uh and also kind of sad like i mean you know when especially when her and i mean it's kind of sad what some of the stuff that happens to her in the season i won't go over it really because i'm at the end of the episode but some of the stuff that happens and then of course what happens with sam in the finale i was like man come on give the girl a, throw the girl a bone you know like give give her her sam you know but uh but, you know, it does make me all the more invested in her because I'm like, oh, yeah, give her a win, you know. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, she's my favorite. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, Maddie Phillips was great as Kate, especially when she kind of does kind of go through her little villain arc in the towards the end of the season. Uh, London Thor and Derek Liu, I already said uh, earlier, but they're they're great as the male and female uh, forms, versions of Jordan. Uh, Asa Germain, I believe it's Asa, uh, as Sam. He did a great job, especially in the scenes where, like, because, you know, the the Woods has kind of, you know, messed with him mentally. Or, you know, so every time, like, he's, like, killing people, he sees them as puppets. And there's a great scene where, like, he's murdering uh, guards who are, were a part of the Woods and or who were, I guess they were Vought soldiers, but uh, or members of Vought, but they were uh, tasked with taking him in. Uh, and he ends up like we see from his point of view, they're all puppets and he's like pulling them apart and like glitter and cloth come out. <laughs> and, uh, it's a very funny scene, still kind of gory in a way. Cause we do see spines and, and he pulls a guy's brain out and it's kind of a real brain, but that, that was a great scene. But yeah, it just goes to show like Sam's a tragic character because of like what's happened with him. Like he lost his brother and didn't know it. Um, and, and all that, or he, he lost his brother while he was locked under the woods and the whole time he was locked in the woods uh, his brother's girlfriend made him even forget that, that, or made him think that he was dead. So his brother thought he was dead this whole time. Uh, and yeah, the scenes where he's like lashing out and like really yelling and like just kind of twitching, going crazy. He's great in that. And he's great when he's kind of calm, you know, uh, and Shelly Kahn to round out the, oh, and Patrick Schwarzenegger for the little we saw of him in the first episode and then the flashbacks and subconscious and all that. He was great as uh, Luke. Uh, he did a great job. It it sucks that he died, but on the one hand, it, it does it is cool because it does kind of kick off the plot of the show. It's like, oh, things are ramping up, you know. Like, there's this whole mystery with the woods. What's going to happen going forward now that you know the top students did, you know? But uh, but to round out the cast, uh, Shelley Kahn was great as Indira, and she's dead. Uh, but she was a great villain. I, I loved her performance, and all the recurring cast that I didn't mention were great too. Uh, I just didn't want to go over everyone because the podcast will be way too long uh <laughs> but yeah so uh and the soundtrack's great uh yeah acting sound the soundtrack's great same as the boys uh and yeah i do think that it is a strong series on its own right uh like it it holds its own as, as its own series but it's also a great 
companion piece to the boys. Like it's a great spinoff and it does what a spinoff should where it, it uh, makes you invested in what's going on in this show and not, you know, constantly be wondering what's going on in the other show. Like, you know, like you're, you're in, you, it doesn't feel like a cash grab because they're connecting this with what's going on in the boys. You know, it, so the show has purpose and not only that, but they put effort into it and it feels like it belongs in the world of the boys. Like it's just as funny, just as dark and twisted, uh, just as engaging, you know, all the characters are great. Um, and yeah, I just, I love it. Uh, I can't wait to see, and they renewed the show that greenlit a second season, uh, or season two uh, in October. Like it was, it wasn't even a month before or after the show premiered. It was like the 20, the 19th of October, I think they greenlit it for a season two. So we're getting a season two, probably not next year, probably 2025, but we're getting season two soon. And season four of the boys, they dropped a, a couple teaser posters with Butcher and Homelander, uh, for those. We haven't gotten a trailer yet, but hopefully that's coming soon. But season four of the boys is premiering next year when they drop the posters, they, they announced that, oh yeah, season four is premiering of the boys is premiering in 2024. So I mean, I'm, I'm expecting summer cause that's usually when the boys releases their seasons. Uh, but who knows, but either way, you know, this is another great show. Uh, in addition to the boys, it's an, it's great to like see from other characters perspectives, this world. And it's, and it's just great because like, you know, they were able to take what was established in the boys and like build upon the world even more by focusing on these entirely, this entirely new cast of characters. Uh, and it was just great to see what they, to see them build upon and work with what they had a previous, what they had previously established with the original show, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, this has made me, uh, I, I am in, I'm completely as invested in this show as I am with the boys. I can't wait to see what happens in season two. I can't wait to see what happens in season four of the boys. And I am definitely going to be reviewing season four of the boys when that premieres next year and season two of this when it premieres. Uh, but if you haven't seen this yet, obviously I spoiled a, a shit ton of stuff from the season. So, but I still recommend you go watch it and go watch the boys too, because that is just as good, if not slightly better than this, but they're, they're both on par with each other. And I think that honestly, if you can say that about any show and the spinoff, that they're both about on the same level of each other in terms of quality, then I think you nailed it. Like that, that's, fantastic if you can say that about a spinoff of a show that it's like as good as the main show um or close to it uh so yeah um i guess that's uh all i have to say just go watch it on amazon prime uh if you have prime um it's worth it and go watch the boys if you haven't it start with the boys if you haven't seen this because if you just jump into this they make references to stuff that happened at the end of season three and ref and you know the cameos won't really make much sense and the references to what happened in the boys won't make sense. So just uh heads up, go watch seasons one through three of the boys first, and then jump into season one of Gen V. So, uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, I guess that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, can't wait to see season two of this and season four of the boys. So, uh, with that being said, oh yeah, I guess I'll either be reviewing Thanksgiving tomorrow or I may review it, um, Sunday, but, but that will be, the next episode either the next episode will either be tomorrow or Sunday and it'll be a review of the horror com uh, the horror movie Thanksgiving so uh look out for that episode coming up soon uh but yeah I almost I almost said have a good weekend but then I remembered I was going to post another episode this weekend so that wouldn't have made sense but I will see you guys in a day or two with my review of Thanksgiving uh and yeah until then uh take care